2: Faith here with a welcome toast. It was Mimi Sheraton who said a proper bagel is tough, firm, slightly doughy, and should lie on your stomach for at least five hours after it's been consumed. Please feel free to consume this show podcast in small bites or eat the whole thing. I got that sunshine in my pocket, got that good soul in my feet, I feel that hot blood in my body. It, it, it's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, inviting you to eat, drink, and be merry. We have for you, we're going to talk about Italy. We are going to talk with a dermatologist who has come in, Dr. Lisa Donofrio, to tell us whether there's any truth to this that certain foods we eat make our skin look better. Really, is that true? And if so, what are they? What do we know and what are these foods? My treasured food buddies are here, a senior contributors Chris Brosberry and Alex Province. Hey, everybody. Hey. Welcome to the show. Robin Doyen Aiken is here, our senior producer. Hey, Robin. Uh, Okay, so trip to Italy. Drumroll, please. Welcome home. (laughs) We've been waiting
3: for you to tell us about the trip. We had (laughs) had
2: things we had to get ready. So here's here's what's happening. I'm just returned from. Missed you back, by the way. Just returned from. I think an eight day or nine day. I can't remember. Trip to the Piemonte region of Italy with our listeners, and there were about we'd say roughly forty people, and we did this with Carlo's pasta because the Squatrito family in South Windsor, where the factory and offices are, are from the Piemonte region. They're from Turin in particular. Very, very proud of the region. They know it so well. So we teamed up together. Jerry Franklin, president of Connecticut Public Broadcasting, and I went, and we, all 40 listeners went off. It sold out like in an instant. And we had the time of our lives. But I'm telling you this, to tell you that there is, if you're interested in armchair travel, Thanks to the work of Alex Province, who was back here editing everything I was sending, you know, getting the pictures in shape. And he has created an album on Facebook of our entire trip. So if you want to see, we're going to be doing more trips. You want to see what they're like. See the people we went with and get a feel for what it looks like in this region of Italy right now. Please have a look on Facebook right now at Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. And if you've been to Italy, too, and have some favorite place that you want to share, I hope you will. Faith middleton Fuchmu see the album. Chris. It
3: really makes you feel like you were there. I went through those pictures almost every night, and I felt like I was there with you. It I, was it, so cool. The way the group looks, I love seeing everybody, and everyone's me. smiling, and you're sitting at tables. So if people haven't been to the site to see the pictures, you have to, because it just, well, Alex, when I were talking while you were gone, it was like, we want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because well, it was. It just, it looked I, so happy. I know,
2: it went by so fast. I was like, well, I want to go back there too. <laughs> um. First of all, the listeners were fantastic, but this Piemonte region is so interesting because it is still what I call the real Italy, where in a lot of countries you're finding restaurants going what we would describe as modern. The old classic recipes are disappearing, the ways of doing things. And we tried modern stuff on this trip in, yeah, the, yeah. in the Piedmont or Piemonte region. And it was utterly fantastic, but also mixed in the traditional things that speak to, you know, the real hazelnuts that are grown there, the homemade pasta that they're making, the risotto at the Conaroli estate, and Oof. the woman in the kitchen is stirring. Uh, we have a video of this, stirring to make the risotto, giving us a lesson in how to do that. So uh, my encouragement about this, when you look at this at, at Faith Middleton Food is to say, be sure when you're in Italy to try both the traditional and the modern in other parts of Italy, we see this transition happening. Italy is still protecting its status where they have regions that say, this is the authentic olive oil from this particular village or the cheese or the bread. They're still very serious about protecting that. The landscape is so breathtaking in the Piemonte region of Italy that it's just indescribable. Uh, From kind of spa properties and restaurants that we went to on these winding hold-your-breath roads up, 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 Mm. up into practically the clouds overlooking... Verdant valleys where you just think, oh, I've just never seen anything like this. So gorgeous. Rivers running and spectacular. And the people
3: were so nice.
2: So utterly nice and fun. Absolutely fun. We were in villages in Piemonte where the church had been turned into an inoteca. Oh, yeah. You know, it oh. was a winery. <laughs> yeah, the churches, yeah, yeah. And so we're in there tasting fleets of wine <laughs> oh. in the church, looking at stained glass <laughs> yeah. windows and saying how amazing that this village... And when you think about it, the wine goes back to yeah. the monks... I don't know if it ever went back to the nuns. We don't hear very much <laughs> about that. I, that would be kind of fun to know. I hope so. But it goes back and certainly was um, you know, part of the mass celebration. And you see churches that are Enotech yeah. is especially in. We were in the Barola wine region. We yeah. were in the Barbera wow. wine region. The cheeses are all oh, yeah. um, unpasteurized, yeah. contrary to our cheeses here. Yeah. Raw milk cheeses that are 500 times more flavorful sure. because they're unpasteurized. And um, everybody does that very, very safely. They've been doing it for hundreds mm. and hundreds of years. The worst cheese is staggeringly good.
3: And what? so unassuming, right? They make it like, oh, it's just our cheese.
2: Well, yes, right? they just, you know, <laughs> throw out a lot of so cheese and, <laughs> yeah. and there you go.
1: What about that older lady that you have a picture making the ravioli? It's oh, yeah. It's big tray of handmade ravioli.
2: So, the, yes, that is in Turin. And she is considered the top ravioli maker in all of that whole region of Man. Italy, and could just could do it with her eyes closed. and. I was so afraid to ask her if she minded if I took a picture, and she was rolling the dough from the pasta scratch, like I silk, like, wow. just stunning, absolutely stunning.
4: No, there was a lot of pasta. Every
2: every place had some version of pasta. Genoa, uh, oh yeah, It is so amazing. We have pictures of that yeah. view. That amazing. Amazing you guys made
1: pesto right? view
2: from there, and they were making pesto with a mortar and a pestle wow. and trophy, trophy okay. is this twisted little pasta, which is traditional. you can get it here yeah, in some yeah. places. Traditional for pesto. It is short little sticks. Oh, so and so it sort of gets
3: trapped. They, yeah.
2: Yes, they maintain that that the mortar and pestle brings out greater flavor. And the region we were in, in Piemonte, there's one town there that is known just for its basil leaves. Wow. And people wow. drive for hours to get the basil in that village. To make their to own buy pesto. It, to drive it back and make their own pesto wow. with the most intense basil leaves
1: would have been fun to have Barbara from White Flower Farm taste that basil. Yeah. Right? Or get yeah, it back for us. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Grow it for us. I'm afraid there <laughs> yeah. is no carrying yeah. plants yeah. Yeah. out yeah. of the country. <laughs>
2: and they do have a dog that knows whether you're doing it or not yeah. So, um, at the airport. Yeah. so I bet it was so good. It's very, very intense. But I learned that a trick over there is for the home cooks who also use food processors, mm-hmm. a trick for them is that they put the food processor in the freezer – before oh, sure. they use it, have yep, no heat. Meant. And then there's no heat transfer, which they claim would affect sense. the flavor yeah, and make to sense. some nth sure, of a degree. Yeah. And so that's a cool, cool trick yeah. refrigerator or yeah. freezer. So uh, it's the blade you, and the plastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Keep it, it cool so the heat isn't transferred. So
3: everywhere you went had, like, its own little, like, thing. Like, oh, one yeah. place had the pesto, one place had the raviolis, you, one place you had lady the, with the, the mushrooms. But here's yeah. one
2: of the big things. Yes, coming into uh, this particular restaurant you'll see yeah. is so gorgeous, and you'll meet the chef in the pictures. So a couple of highlights of the trip. Here's the thing. One of my favorite tastes on the trip was at a, uh, this um, relay property, you know, gorgeous mm-hmm. property, up, 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 up the mountain. scared, scared to death, you know, <laughs> it was just going up there. Gorgeous, gorgeous when you get up there. And Sandro Squatrito from Carlos Pasta said to me, mm-hmm. come here, come here. Take your camera out and shoot the picture through this window. We're in a patio having cocktails. Okay. And shoot through there. Cocktails. We're having wine. They've never <laughs> yeah. heard of cocktails. Yeah. Um, so we look at this tray of yellow Objects and I said that, and he said, Yeah, just you'll know why later. I take a picture. They served me eggs in um, a truffle cream sauce, but here's how it went it went like this they take the eggs. Hole in the shell, and they put them on a tray in the oven and they cook in the shell. Oh, so they bake at the very lowest temperature. They bake the eggs until they're perfect inside. The whites are solid, the yolk is runny but not,
3: you know, gooey. So it's like a soft poached egg in the shell. In
2: the shell, then they peel the egg somehow without ripping the outside. Although, even if there was a tiny tear, it would be covered because now they're going to roll that egg in Parmigiano-Reggiano crumbs. Oh, my God. And then they're going to fry or deep-fry flash in olive oil, that egg.
3: (gasps) Covered in Parmesan.
2: Now it's crispy on the outside, covered in Parmesan breadcrumb. And it is served to you in a bowl of truffle cream sauce Mm. with sliced truffles all around it. It's truffle season while we were there. Oh, yeah, the white And you put your fork into the egg and the yolk. Runs out uh, into the truffle oh, oh, oh. cream sauce. And warm oh my God. To... There's, a, there's a picture of that at Faith Middleton Food Schmooze on yeah. Facebook. You have got to see. It was drooling on side. I, I really I thought you could have hit me with a feather and I would have fell, fallen over. I and just, you just didn't even to eat talk. That every day. I couldn't even talk. We all just stared at each other. You know, just like oh, Oh, wow. One of those magical moments. Oh, my goodness. Just unbelievable. I love that kind of food. Now, in another place where you walk into the restaurant, it looks nice on the outside. You step inside, it's so gorgeous. The entire back wall is glass, and it is looking out on a steep valley that is so breathtaking. In that restaurant, they served maybe my other favorite thing of the whole trip. This is going to sound so weird. It was. Caprese salad in a bowl. It was liquid. Wow. The chef okay, used tomatoes, yep. which she had seeded and peeled so perfectly okay. with the jelly of the tomato still in it, but not the seed because okay. the flavor is <laughs> yeah. in that jelly. Yeah, yeah. Then a gelatin and olive oil and whirled it up in the food processor yeah, yeah. so that it was absolutely smooth and creamy. And then... Fresh buffalo mozzarella sprinkled on the top, but it all sitting on an edge in the bottom of the bowl of basil oil. (gasps) You eat it with a spoon. It's a little cup of tomato was like a
3: puree. Tomato a puree with an edge
2: of basil oil, but
3: clean and silky.
2: Almost
1: sounds like that cocktail we made. (gasps)
2: It's (laughs) so it's so utterly unbelievable that I just sat blinking and looking at people, and no one could talk. and i just kept saying i i don't want dessert i want this again yes, i don't want the next meat course and i so want this again and it's so healthy too right the food is it really so really so healthy
1: nutritious and refreshing and delicious right? so so
2: you know can we to what degree can we eat like that yeah. here is a question yes they have because of the climate the incredible powerful flavor in things but they care about the way our farmers do here too. We care. If yeah. you've got a farm stand that cares, you can go home with Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Just don't do too much to them. Just have a beautiful olive oil, roast them with that and a little bit
3: of good sea salt. There you go. I know, but there's that sense of place when you're sitting there, right? That gets into the food, gets into your head, gets into your soul, yeah. that if you took and, – and again, maybe this is just me, but if you took that same dish and put it here, it would be as good flavor-wise and all that other stuff, but you took all that other stuff away. And mm-hmm. part of that magic is that place, and not just the place—the people you're with, the joyous yeah. feelings. Everyone and, it's really <laughs> and it's really good too. And it's but, really good. But but you take it all together as an experience. The food is part of that experience. Remember that. Which platter is like you, even that you had a
1: fruit than. that just looked great. Just a yeah. simple yeah. fruit platter. That, that was just a it.
2: breakfast yeah. tower of fruit. That looked was like just. A, a- yeah. It wasn't that that place yeah. wasn't particularly fancy. It just had it was a tower of fruit, and then you ate one thing out of it, and it it said, like a "Oh still my god!" Or an
1: oil painting or something. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
2: um, so the wines were fantastic. The wines, you know, we pay special attention yeah. to them on these trips. And it was absolutely Barbera, Barolo, Marchese di Barolo that we had on the show yeah. last year for Thanksgiving and Lydia Bastianich and all that. We went to that winery. Wow. It was fabulous. Absolutely Contrato fabulous wine. Well. The sparkling wine in the absolute champagne style is so fabulous. Oof. Contrato. You will know the historic posters. We have them all mm. up on the site. Really, you've got to see the pictures. Faith Middleton Fuchmoose yeah.
1: on Facebook. You guys were like eating in wine cellars downstairs. And like it looked like a catacomb yeah. or a cave. Just, oh, my I mean,
2: gosh. I mean, really, truly amazing. Yeah. But one thing is we went on something called Gusto Tram, Oh yeah, which is What's a that? bus tram with oh. tables and chairs. No. And it drives you through Torino Turin, you know, right through Torino, and the man is describing on the microphone, and they're serving us. We hired a restaurant, and they are serving us a wine dinner. On the uh, lunch dinner on the bus while we're sitting at tables I and want he's one of those. talking. It's so <laughs> yeah. fa- fantastic. We have track. to do this. Someone in Connecticut has to <laughs> That's do this. A
1: genius new idea. Program. So you got a new we shirt on in, that trip? Well, yeah, what's a story I got some. I
2: have a lot of Italian shirts now that are just I just adore. We're going to have to run to get to our our next segment. Maybe I'll just stick in one extra thing, but we're going to take a break. I love Italy so so much. The Piemonte region is. So worth visiting. Turin is a fabulous city. Bicchierine is a special place. Cafe del Toro, which is espresso mixed with hot chocolate oh. and topped with a cream. Oh, that and was the most beautiful drink that. Thing yeah. I've ever seen. Oh my god, it's unbelievable. So, so there's that. Maybe I'll give you a couple more things, <laughs> please. Faith Middleton <laughs> food schmooze on Facebook. You have to see these pictures. I'm so proud of the Italians. Honestly. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a short break, more mouth-watering conversation and fun ahead. You can't believe the topics that are going to come up on this show. On the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, I hope you'll make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. We're online now at foodschmooze.org, but on Facebook, Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. We'll be right back. No place I'd rather be. Yeah. It's the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, and we've been talking about Italy. Later on the show, we have a dermatologist with us, Dr. Lisa Donafrio, believe it or not, to tell us whether she thinks that there is any truth to this idea that there are certain foods you can eat that make your skin look pretty fabulous. You know, people keep saying that, and we said, let's get Lisa in here and find out if there's any truth to this. So she's bringing her research, and we're going to see. I can't wait to get the answers. (laughs) I'm with Chris Brosberry of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker and senior contributor Alex Province of Hartford. A couple more words before we go on about Italy. I forgot to tell you, I went with, if you're just joining us, I went with uh, about 40 listeners, Jerry Franklin and I, and um, Carlos Pasta in South Windsor, Connecticut. I'm not just saying this, Carlos Pasta in the supermarkets is so astoundingly pure mm-hmm. and good. In the frozen food section, they make the pasta, the ravioli, and the sauce. It's unbelievable. Carla's pasta. I walked every square inch of the factory. It's just Beautiful stunning. Stuff. They sell it all over the world now. Yeah. Um, anyway, here's the thing I forgot to mention. We get on the bus cause so that all 40 of us can go together, going by this incredible countryside. So we get on. We just take our places. And uh, Sandro Squattrito gets up, and he said, okay, who's having an espresso? <laughs> and I kind of burst out laughing. You know, they, I thought he wish. was charming, the bus. Was being charming. <laughs> there is a machine built into the bus the touring buses an espresso machine he stood there and he made espresso for everyone who wanted it as we're wow. going through oh. the countryside no. who wants an espresso how would you like that do you want a cappuccino it was unreal. not while he's driving well, <laughs> no built into the bus built into, into the, bus the bus is a in, in the inside. Machine. I have a right? picture.
1: I'll put it up. It's oh my unbelievable. God.
2: It's a stunning thing.
1: How was it coffee?
2: It was fantastic. <laughs> like at, at, at little roadside
3: gas stations yeah. and pit stops, you get Would the best coffee Would anyone like another
2: trip tra- tra- We're going down the road another time. Would anyone like limoncello? Oh. <laughs> it was like, we, we <laughs> was went to a bar. On around, the- what? what?
3: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I want their public Where's transportation.
2: The <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, this, they, we did this mm. privately. Yeah. So really, really fun. We would pass through a town and Sandro turned to me and he said, this is very famous, the ravioli, donkey ravioli festival in this little tiny village. And, you know, we were confused and we thought, is it in the shape of a donkey? And he said, no, going back hundreds of years, in those days, donkey meat was considered Gotcha. The, you know, among yeah. the meats of the village, yeah. I don't know if it had to do with farms or, or poverty. I don't know the history yet of this. But every year they continue to have this thing. And we didn't know what to make of it because that's certainly not something we do here. Mm-hmm. So that was something I have never seen or heard of. So going through small villages on your way to something special. Is really Did you something. try it or not? No. No, no we stop. just we just yeah. passed through. You know, we
3: stopped for a moment so I could get pictures. So, do you but... know how many miles or kilometers you, you covered I don't, in those? I don't. But it was a long trip, Yeah, right? but we
2: stayed in one, We you know, Asti and Genoa. We stayed yeah. in one region because yeah. we, you know, it's not that we just want to throw down a marker and yeah. say we've been to. Mm-hmm. We want to eat there. We want to drink there. We want to meet people. We want to go Absorb to a museum. Yeah, we want to go to an estate mm-hmm. and see what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, what used to be the royal palace that kind of stuff
1: how does the 2016 harvest look like
2: really really good you're talking about the wine harvest it looks really good they went through periods like our you know, grape farmers here where they were scared, and then they yeah. said, oh, my God, this is fantastic. Oh, it's staying hot longer. Now it's cool at night. So it's looking good to them. Had
1: they just begun to harvest? or They had just begun wow. to
2: harvest. And so we were watching, going to the estates and running our hands through giant bins of grapes, watching. Oh, you, know, you had the Merlot grapes. We would, we would take the Merlot grapes yeah. right out of the bin and yeah. chomp on oh. them. Oh. And what they an were so sweet. They were just more delicious than I ever imagined. That'll
1: be fun in a couple of years to circle back and taste that wine. Right? Yeah, wouldn't yes, it? Yeah, yeah let's you, do it. It's like, I eat this grape. I picked mine. Yeah, my, yeah exactly. it's really, really
2: fun. All right, we're going to go on. We've, we've got things to do here, people. Oh. But anyway, the, all the photographs, our album is on Facebook. You'll see what it is like when we go on one of these trips. And if you want to come with us next trip, we'd love to have you. That's on Facebook. Faith Middleton, Food Schmooze. Okay, new topic. I can't wait to do this segment because uh, I am total flat-out groupie. We're about to talk to one of the great graphic designers in the world. When she does anything, this is Louise Feely, who's based in New York. When she does anything... There are many, many of us who just follow everything she does. She designs a little box of matches. I'm just like <laughs> all over it. So she's on the food schmooze because she is someone, she's having a retrospective in New York. We're going to tell you about that. But she is very, very connected to the food world and has done some of the most innovative design in food packaging for restaurants all over the world. She is just unbelievable at what she does. So I thought it'd be really fun to talk to her, not only to celebrate her retrospective at the School of Visual Arts in New York, but also to just talk a little about how she does this food packaging, you know, why we reach for one thing over another. Her typefaces are so unusual and original, and we can find out why in a second. Plus, I want to know what she's cooking at home lately. She's an incredible home cook, and where she's eating in New York, where she lives. So Louise Feely Graphic Designer of the Universe, as far as I'm concerned. Welcome to the Food Shmooze. Thank you, Faith. Great to be here. Oh, great to have you here. So, Louise, before we get to how you do this food packaging and the restaurant logos and all of that... Where are you eating? Where are you loving to eat in New York City?
0: Oh, well, that's always so much fun because I love eating at all the restaurants that I work for. So
2: Yes, that's always good to schedule that, isn't yes. it? But, <laughs> so you and I share, though, I know you did the graphic design, and I knew it the second I walked in. You and I share a love. Uh, my favorite restaurant of the moment is um, Via Corota in New York yes. City.
0: Every single dish is. Phenomenal. And the two women who own it, Jody Williams and Rita Sodi, are both really remarkable chefs. They both love artichokes as much as I do, so I'm in a very huh. happy place when I go
2: there. Oh, me too. I just had the fried artichokes here, and that Meyer lemon risotto. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah. perfection. That's, Go-to.
2: That's, That's my yeah, <laughs> Louise. You and I have talked in the past about you know these little hangout places in New York that don't cost a fortune, mm-hmm. um, but right. they're just good for hanging out, people watching, just sitting there having a glass of wine if you drink alcohol. And you and I both like a place called Bar Piti. Oh yes, I love
0: Bar Piti. It's very good food. It's always reliable. And I feel like I'm in Florence when I go there.
2: And it's run by Italians. It's in the village. Oh, cool. And they don't take reservations. All the great restaurants. No. That's exactly right. Go and sit. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so easy to spend a fortune in New York. And so it's nice to have a place where you just hang out and can just have some little thing. But it's always crowded with interesting people. How about at home, Louise? What's a, a dish that is a go to? for you? You find that through the years you just keep making it.
0: Especially this time of year when the weather is getting a little cooler. I love making risotto. I Lobster risotto is so easy. It's only like four ingredients and it doesn't take a lot of time.
2: How do you make yours?
0: I make it with arborio rice and uh, lobster that I buy at the Union Square Market, a little garlic and parsley and just some seafood broth or I'll just make the broth from the the lobster shell. It's an wow. old uh, Juliana Bujali recipe that I use and it's uh, oh. pretty hard to, to do <laughs> it badly. <laughs> How much, do I, How much okay. do I have to pay? We're available Friday. How much do I have to pay to get this to
2: happen? It's like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> However, I have to say that I spent a lot of time in Barcelona in the last year because I'm working on a new project It's part of my series I've been doing on shop signs in Europe I, because I've been photographing these the signage for decades, and I finally decided to put it into a book, so I spent a lot of time in Barcelona, and I really
2: started to love paella even more than risotto. Oh my god, yes. Oh, I love paella. We're all fans here. We are. I like her. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Louise goes, as you can hear, most often to Italy to look at these signs, especially ones that have typefaces that are no longer here and can use just those few letters to construct entire alphabets and comes up with these truly, when you know, the word unique is overused, but truly unique, original logos and things so um to get to the food packaging for a minute can you name some of the things that you have designed the packaging for Uh, well
0: let's see sarah betts american spoon bella cucina ambessa teas i did the original packaging for late july and also for tate's packaging
2: there was one this doesn't have anything to do with food but for tiffany's you did something
0: Yes, I designed a monogram for them. It had to be designed so that it could be used as large as a construction shed or as small as the winder of a man's watch, so that was very challenging.
2: Oh, my goodness. But what an honor to be chosen to do that. And, and speaking of honors, uh, Louise Feely is the subject of the Master's Series Retrospective at the School of Visual Arts in New York. It opens October 13th and runs through December 10th. So if you are in the city, you too might be transformed into a groupie just like I am um, (laughs) after seeing Louise's work, so remarkably skilled, but is the most unassuming person about her own brilliance that you have ever met. So Louise, what's the idea with, say, a restaurant card or menu or logo? What's in your mind about designing these?
0: Well, a logo has to be seductive. It has to communicate appetite appeal. The logo is usually the first indication that you have of a restaurant. Somehow, you have to make sure that you communicate correctly what sort of restaurant this is. And just like with food packaging, it has to look seductive and appealing. So I've always tried with restaurants to bring in the tactile quality, like you know, to print the business cards on letterpress or use mm. special paper stocks, because... You know, the tactile quality is something that we've been losing because we're all working on computers. We never really touch paper anymore.
2: So it makes it stand out and also conveys a certain kind of quality. I, Go ahead, Chris. I,
3: I went online, looked at your site, and I was amazed at all the different restaurants you've done. And I had been in oh, a lot of you. them in the past and not known that you did the decoration. Thank you. Yeah. And now I'm thinking, wow, I do recognize the style. It's simplistic and beautiful.
2: Yeah. It, it's just a knockout. Yeah. Was there a restaurant in a a locale which was really obscure. Was it between subway stops?
0: Oh, there was a logo that I did uh, to look. It was made out of subway mosaic tiles. Yes, it was called 92. And it's not a very interesting uh, logo when you're just trying to communicate a two-digit number. So the first time I went up to look at the construction site, of course, on 92nd Street, it was not the most creative name that anyone could come up with. I was taking the subway, and I started paying special attention to the subway mosaics, which were all done in the early 1900s, and each one done by hand, and of course, no two are alike. And I photographed every nine and every two, because there is no 92nd Street Stop. And we photoshopped it together to make the logo. And what, what I loved about this is that, well, first of all, it's sort of an in-New York joke, because, um, <laughs> because outside of New York, you wouldn't be expected to even know this visual metaphor for the subway, but you also wouldn't be expected to know that there's no 90-second like, stop. It's clever. But I found that the longer I worked on this logo, the more I became convinced that there really was a 90-second <laughs> <to> stop.
2: <laughs> I had no
3: idea about the hand painting of each, of each yeah. nine and each two and the numbers.
2: So clever. And it's a be, I've seen this this card. It's yeah. just gorgeous. The retrospective at the School of Visual Arts is everything you have ever done? or, or?
0: Pretty much. It's You know, it's a, I, I hate to say it, but it's a 40-year design career here. So, um, oh. so the great thing about the exhibit is that it's a series of different environments. So there's the library that has all the books that I've designed and um, a kitchen with all the food packaging, and then there's a bistro with all the oh. menus and matches. And there's even a a cobblestone street that has a Paris kiosk and a gelato cart because I'm very lucky to have not just one gelato client but two, and they're both really excellent. Where? One is L'Arte del Gelato, which is located in Chelsea Market. Yes. And they have carts all over the city. And the other is in Maine. It's called Gelato Fiasco. I tried to talk them out of the name.
2: There's something hilarious about the name to me, so it has my attention, <laughs> that's for sure.
0: I tried to point out to them, that this, this doesn't make sense in English or Italian. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, really, congratulations to you. I cannot <laughs> wait to, um, to see the show. We have... Some some of the images that we've been talking about uh, posted at our Facebook site, Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. Louise Feely, subject of a Master's Series Life Retrospective for Graphic Design at the School of Visual Arts, October 13th through December 10th, must be seen. I cannot wait to get there. And I hope you'll be cooking the risotto for when we all arrive at your show. Thank you so much, Louise, for oh, being thank us. you, Faith. Bye-bye. Okay. To prove we love the local, on Friday, October 21st, a restaurant in New Haven specializes in Spanish food, Olea, O-L-E-A, is enjoying the craft beer renaissance in Spain. And so they're going to celebrate with a beer evening, October 21st, 5 to 10 p.m. Chef Romero's doing Spanish flatbreads paired with Thimble Island Breweries, Ghost Island Double IPA, and the Dark Pumpkin Porter. These are perfect autumn beers. It's $15. You just mingle in the bar and you go online to oleanewhaven.com for reservations. For on-demand podcast delivery of this show, the Food Schmooze Party, every week we send it to you. To find terrific food, wine, cocktail, restaurant, hot topics, our short fun streaming videos, and the recipes, we're always online talking with you at foodschmooze.org. You can sign up for the podcast there. Coming up... A dermatologist, Dr. Lisa Donofrio, who is, I think, a rock star in the field of dermatology, she is going to tell us whether well, there's any truth to this idea that certain foods you eat change your skin for the better. We know what it does for the worst, but can it change your skin for the better? She's going to answer that question. She's got a little list with her, so this should be fun. Stay with us. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got We have one more mouth watering bite of the Fuchsmous coming up. Here's something great to know about. Sign up for the app called NPR1. Just download it from the iPhone App Store or your Android device. And once you do, you can set WNPR as your local station. Couldn't be easier. Download the free app NPR1 and start listening. Let's party on more Fuchsmous. This is the Food Schmooze Party offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island, and of course, the Hamptons. The senior producer is Robin doyon Aiken, and to hear the show on WNPR, it airs Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon podcasts of the show and our curated recommendations as you know are always online at foodschmooze.org just go there once and sign up for the podcast and we'll send the show to you in case you want to listen on your schedule course, we're there on Facebook. Here is the question that we've been waiting for the whole (laughs) whole time during the show. Is it true that certain foods you eat, you know, will make your skin look better? Uh, Men, women, doesn't matter. These things are said all the time. And then you find out that there really isn't any research. It's just kind of people theorizing about this. So I decided to turn to somebody who is a favorite of mine. This is Dr. Lisa Donofrio. She is a board certified dermatologist ologist knows this research like crazy. She is medical director at both New Haven's Savin Center and in Madison, Connecticut, Aria Derm Spa, which is a gorgeous place, <laughs> by the way. Anyway, what well, she specializes in the treatment of aging skin. And cosmetic surgery believes in the fat transfer. She's not running around, you know, pulling people's muscles up so that they look freaky. It's just a gorgeous sense of aesthetics. And so I said, I know who's going to know the answer to this question. It's Lisa Donafrio. Welcome to the Food schmooze.
4: Thank you very much. It's great to be here.
2: All right, Lisa. Is there any truth to this? Foods that will, if you eat them, make your skin look better?
4: yes, there is some evidence-based research. And it's not the type of scientific research that we love to see, which is, you know, you'd take two people and one you'd feed one thing for 20 years and another you'd feed another thing and you'd follow them and you'd see what happens. We don't have that kind of research. But we do have epidemiologic research that we can correlate what people eat with different things like signs of aging and or acne or rosacea or various skin conditions.
2: So you have brought along a list. So the answer is yes. Yes. To some serious degree, there are foods that make your skin better, look better.
4: And or protect it, which is really the most interesting sort of research that we have. What does that mean, protect So certain foods will protect us against ultraviolet light, And will lessen the risk of developing skin cancers. Really? Yes. You've never said that to me before. How amazing. (laughs) I've been keeping it secret now.
2: (laughs) So this is your list. Yep. Olive oil, tomatoes, dark chocolate. We're going to come back to this. Orange peel, rosemary, soy, yellow bell peppers. You know, the olive oil industry is genius at marketing itself. But you're saying really, truly, it's good for you.
4: Yes. And there have been studies done where the diets of uh, 1,200 women were analyzed, and they found that a higher consumption of olive oil, more than two teaspoons a day, was associated with fewer signs of aging. And that's really interesting. And then if you combine it with tomato paste, then you can also decrease some of your aging signs, and also protect yourself against sunburn. Here's
2: this thing you brought along, this fact. This is what you were talking about protecting against sunburn. People who ate five tablespoons of tomato paste daily, along with almost a tablespoon of olive oil, and did this for 12 weeks, had 33% more protection from sunburn compared to uh, people who just ate olive oil. Wow. Isn't that amazing?
4: And they think it's from the antioxidant lycopene mm, that's found in tomatoes. But the real superfood for protecting against sun damage is kale. Um,
2: Oh, no. Here we go again. More kale.
3: (laughs) Here we go again. I want to be old. Just let me get old.
4: So kale is one of the best sources of lutein and Mm -hmm. zeaxanthin. Those are also found in carrots, but it's really found in very high quantities in kale, and, and it absorbs and neutralizes free radicals that are created by ultraviolet light and right. protects the skin against certain wavelengths of light that sunscreens do not wow. cover.
2: And here's my favorite fact, though, that you brought about dark chocolate. Um, <laughs> we know that if it's processed correctly, it does have good effects on the cardiovascular system. I have a square of dark chocolate. Ha, 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 a square. Um every Every morning, And so I was very interested in this. It hydrates the skin?
4: Yes. So women who consumed a diet that was high in flavanol, which is found in cocoa powder, they experienced less skin roughness and skilliness compared to a control group. Whoa. But they did consume what's the equivalent of 3.5 ounces of dark chocolate. So that would be about 500 calories a day mm-hmm. of chocolate. And we know also that um, although the cocoa is good, sugar is very bad mm-hmm. for of aging and things like acne for the skin because it induces inflammation in the skin and also can lead to something called glycation where the high blood sugar counts. The blood sugar can bond to collagen and cause destruction of collagen and elastic tissue. So, how, really?
3: about, how about using cocoa powder instead of dark chocolate, you know, or chocolate that has sugar in it, just using the cocoa powder Correct. as an ingredient? Correct. That's what you would really have
4: an, to do. As an ingredient
3: well, in dishes. What sure. about sure. make yeah. a
4: smoothie with yeah. kale and cocoa
2: powder? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great idea. I, I would have it that way. What about could you take cocoa powder and make a mask for your face out of it? And would it go from the outside in? Or would that not work?
4: There are some beauty products that do contain it, with yeah. that being the premise. But I But I don't know the research behind that, t- yeah. to tell you the honest answer. Yes,
2: but I'll try that out for you. <laughs> <laughs> Better to eat your chocolate. I do put
4: honey on my face. <laughs> I just want to say
2: raw, unfiltered honey on my face. I brush it on my face. a beautiful thing for a facial. It makes loose. your skin
4: so soft. Yes. Okay. Was red
1: wine on that list?
4: Yes, it is. It is oh, on okay. the list. Yes. That's my lucky day. So go ahead. Red wine decreases a type of precancer called actinic keratosis. And unfortunately, the only bad thing about it is... You only have to drink a half a glass a day of red wine to get this improvement. Oh, I was hoping to justify the one to three glasses of red uh, wine. Yeah, can, can we edit <laughs> that, that we would part need. out? I know, I know. Um, <laughs> um, but it does have; it contains resveratrol. Yeah, and that's a sort of a hot supplement nowadays because it has anti-tumor properties. But doesn't
2: that mean you'd have to drink cases of wine in one sitting to get a sort of medicinal dose of resveratrol?
4: There are a couple of different things that resveratrol does. One of them is that it decreases aging, actually longevity, increases lifespan in mice. Yes, the equivalent dosage would be cases and cases of wine. But I'm referring to some research that was done where they looked at 1,000 adults. They found that a 28% decrease in risk of these precancers in the population that drank at least a half a glass of red wine a day. Ah.
3: Does, does grape juice count? Is, I mean, is it in the, in the alcohol or is it in the grape? You know, I don't know
2: the yeah.
4: answer to that. I, I think it's in the grape. Yeah. But, but um, grape juice it's has in so the, much sugar, yeah, right? Is so in the, you get the inflammation in where
2: Well, now that you're sitting in that chair, what's going on in your world? What are the new things that are going on for people in aesthetic dermatology that you do?
4: Well, we've had a huge boom of fillers on the market, and there's been a big paradigm shift between lifting and cutting the face to filling the face. Mm And Faith, if you'll remember, what, 15 years ago, I think, I was on yes. your show, and we talked about this, and I was lucky enough to be at the forefront of this you were. this shift of volumizing. So I there, thought it was
2: revolutionary. I still do.
4: Well, back then, we only really had fat, using a patient's own fat, and now there are all these fillers that are coming on the market. But
2: are they safe, Dr. Donofrio? Now you're putting something besides your own fat in your body to lift the face and do all that. Are these things, these fillers, proven to be safe?
4: They certainly appear to be quite safe. I mean, they've been used for many years now in millions of people worldwide. But we do sometimes see reactions to them
0: In a particular
4: individual? In a particular individual. The nice thing about the class of fillers that are called hyaluronic acids that are on the market are that we have an eraser for them. There's actually an enzyme that can be injected to make Mm. them go away. So if someone has a problem with them, we can make that go away. Now, there are... Also fillers, and there's one in particular that's new to the market that is not reversible. That gives me concern.
2: Uh huh. Do ones that um, have been tested in Europe but are not admitted here? Does that still go on? You know, models would come back and go into New York and say, "Oh yes, we can get that here, but we can't get." It.
4: Oh, my gosh, yes. Yes, It still does. Absolutely. And and unfortunately, unscrupulously, it is being done, even in this country, people are bringing in products that are not FDA approved, and that can be a very dangerous situation for the patients. Uh As a physician, it's always very disheartening to me when they say, oh, I had something injected. I don't know what it is. And they're having a problem with it Mm -hmm. and they went to some hotel room somewhere or to some med spa where there wasn't even a physician on staff or even present, which is awful to me, and they were injected by some technician or non-physician. So the answer is yes, these products are safe, but when they're in the wrong hands, they are not safe. Do
1: they mm-hmm. hurt?
4: It is a needle stick. We haven't mm-hmm. found a way to get them in through osmosis so, yet. So, <laughs> so kind of
1: magic. to a chocolate bar.
4: How,
2: how do you think about this super concern that we all have? Men, too, men and women, men increasingly, but women in particular, because of all the media nonsense, who feel that pressure not to look old. Well, how do you talk to people about that?
4: You know, a lot of times a patient will sit in my, my exam chair and they'll say, Tell me what I need. And the answer is, really, you don't need anything. You know, this is a commodity. I'm not treating an illness. Aging is not an illness. But what happens is that, especially with anything that makes someone look angry or tired, they are losing advantage in the workplace and in social situations. So the best place to start is with whatever makes you look mad or tired, Um, which tends to happen as we get older. We look tired probably because we are, Um, but also a lot of the facial muscles kind of get, Caught in a pattern to make us look kind of cranky.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is Dr. Lisa Donofrio, who is medical director of the Savant Center in New Haven and also Aria Med Spa in Madison, Connecticut, and um, she's one of my go-to people for all these topics. And really, Dr. Donafrio has been called in here to talk with us about whether there's any truth to this idea that foods show up in the skin. We know certain ones do in a bad way, but can they improve the look? Can they improve your health? So we have this list of foods, and the answer is yes, so, I have one more question, which is not food. Why do you not believe so much in cutting with a scalpel and pulling people's muscles up on their faces, let's say? I don't think you do very much of that correct?
4: That's correct. But the main reason why I don't is that it's really not within my scope of practice as a dermatologic surgeon Mm -hmm. um, to do facelifts. And so if you look historically at what's happened is that the dermatologists have developed their own ways of making people look younger that doesn't involve that because that's not within our training. And that's kind of taken over now more than cutting. It has less Mm -hmm. downtime to do things like fillers and Botox and lasers, and it's less expensive in the long run. What
2: do the lasers do?
4: Lasers have so many different targets. So, Correct. So for instance, something like the Fraxel laser will treat water is the target so it causes a, a peeling of the skin and depending on what wavelength and where the water is targeted you either get some swelling as a as a side effect temporary or you get some peeling and with the peeling it takes off things like brown spots and then there are lasers that are just geared towards certain colors so lasers that get red lasers yep. that get brown That's what uh, I do. tattoo lasers
3: yeah. hmm. wow and, and you get a little blue in the face but it
4: really does yeah.
2: work yeah huh fascinating where it's all gone.
4: Actually the hottest new thing is PRP, which is the platelet-rich plasma and that is you draw your blood and you separate out the part of the blood that has all the growth factors and then Sort of like fat transfer where you're putting your own thing back into your body. We needle this in or we use lasers as a delivery system wow. to get these growth factors into the skin. And that's and that's really that exciting. When it's used in the scalp, it can help with hair loss. It can help with hair growth, especially with a condition called telogen effluvium where women – more than men, but it can really affect anybody. They they lose their hair after surgery or after having a baby or uh-huh. after stress. So it helps wow. with hair growth and also with male androgenic alopecia, which is male pattern baldness, it helps with. Wow. Um, and when it's put in the face, it decreases pore size and makes the skin more luminous and dewy and increases elasticity.
1: Is that kind of like tretinoin? It has a similar effect when I'm
2: applied oh, on the face? You're telling me a minute
4: left. <laughs>
2: oh, this is tragic. We could talk. I'm just asking. We want, more. We want, more. I'll we want more. I'll come back. I'll come back. Will you? That's a good.
1: Thing. What's in the bag? Do you tra- have anything for
2: us? It's <laughs> <laughs> fascinating. The laser? You know, this goes back. I was reading the other day about how you could make your own facial stuff yes, masks, yes. and the list would involve lots of vegetables and honey and mm-hmm. natural in these natural ways. And I was thinking to myself, and then they started going back and said, "We uh, this recipe actually." dates back to the time of Cleopatra and this is like the honey on the face that mm. I do these are things that and I and milk
4: I, milk is a popular one
2: oh really yeah. and, and I think you know for how long have people been obsessed with doing everything they can to look their best really that's what Beginning this is about
4: yeah but in cleopatra's time what the average lifespan was like 40 or something so they they, all had good skin they all looked great and thought they looked old i guess you know i'd love to be 40.
2: (laughs) only in the head i guess (laughs) well loved every second of this and thank you for bringing us the list of olive oil tomatoes dark chocolate orange peel rosemary soy yellow bell peppers red wine, I forget, a kale, in saying that these do have an effect on um, things like skin cancer, glow of the skin. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Will you come back? That would be fun.
4: I absolutely will. And for people that want to read more on this subject, one of my colleagues, Jessica Wu, has a book called Feed Your Face, and it's all about the effects of food on skin. Wow. Okay.
2: This is Dr. Lisa Donofrio of Aria Derm Spa, in Madison, Connecticut, and medical director also of the Savin Center in New Haven. We are on WNPR Thursdays at 3, Saturdays at noon, weekdays. Listen for my 60-second food schmoozes. Never eat more than you can lift. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton.
1: Everybody when they come to
2: This is the place to enjoy the richness of life. Sharing our local and national discoveries with you makes me want to get up in the morning. The gang and I hope you'll come back soon and often.